Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's going on, Giants and Jets fans? Welcome to the latest episode of our Talk is Cheap Giants and Jets podcast from NJ Advanced Media, the Star Ledger, and NJ.com. Uh, Daryl Slater here. Andy Vasquez joining me in a, in a minute. Um, it's Tuesday morning right now, uh, January the 2nd. Happy New Year. Happy holidays. Hope you guys had a great holiday season. Uh, we were off last week. Well, we just didn't do one of these last week. So it's been two weeks exactly. And really since then, just a quick recap, obviously, you know, last time we did this, the Jets had just gotten blown out in Miami. Uh, then on Christmas Eve, of course, they beat the Commanders. They almost blow that game, but they but they uh, wind up winning it narrowly. And then they go to Cleveland on a short week on a Thursday night and get, get blown out by Joe Flacco. Jets 6-10 and 10 at this point. Uh, they've they'd already been eliminated from the playoffs when we last talked to you guys. As far as the Giants go... They are 5-11. and 11. They've lost three straight games since their three-game Tommy DeVito winning streak. And uh, Tommy DeVito, of course, got benched Christmas Day in Philadelphia. Uh, and that loss where the Giants almost came back in the second half, sort of the flip of what happened with the Jets uh, on, on Christmas Eve. Uh, they wind up losing in Philadelphia 5-10 and 10 at that point. They get knocked out of the out of playoff contention, of course. I mean, the Saints game already essentially did knock them out. And... Uh, you know, and then they have a mistake-filled mess of a game uh, on New Year's Eve, a very winnable game, uh, and they played hard and played well at times against a pretty good Rams team that's in the playoffs, and so that one drops the Giants to 5-11. and 11. So that's where we stand here uh, with both these teams. We're not going to go back and recap, obviously, the games, but um, as far as the draft, the Giants now, I mean, they, are, they can still technically get a number two overall pick. Number one's locked in for the Bears uh, from Carolina. And then two, three, and four are three teams that are four and twelve: Washington, New England, Arizona. Then comes the Giants at five and eleven. Number five. The thing to remember here: the Jets are at eight. By the way, at six and ten. The thing to remember here is that the Giants currently, and it looks like will have the strength to schedule tiebreaker over every single team in the top eight. Mainly, this is important because if somehow Washington, New England, and Arizona all win, and the Giants lose this week on Sunday against the Eagles. They- then it's I guess it's po- it's possible look that the Giants could jump to number two. We'll, we'll get into all that um, in a minute. And there's a lot of what ifs at play here. The Jets, of course, go to New England and some interesting storylines there, even though both these teams are eliminated uh, and, and shoot the Eagles trying to get right, too. But uh, we'll we'll stick here, of course, to Jets and Giants. And I'm joined, as usual, by Andy Vasquez. What's going on? Not much, Daryl. Not much. New year. Robert Sala and Joe Douglas are safe, which I'm sure Jets fans are happy about. I forgot and, that uh, part. Yep, yep. Yeah, a lot, a lot of question marks headed into this offseason. Uh, 
but yeah, so yeah, you, you summed it up well. Not exactly, uh, you know, the vote of confidence from Woody Johnson didn't exactly uh, seem to inspire the boys, as they say. Uh, you know, given that performance that we saw in the second half against Washington and the entire game, especially the first half in Cleveland. So we'll see what it all means. But yeah, a, a lot of questions for, for the Jets and Giants and, and all of them, almost all of them related to the offseason, which is almost here. Yeah, and we've been talk- talking quite a bit about the offseason in the recent weeks. Um, and now this is our first podcast where both teams are eliminated from playoff contention officially. And uh, we'll do more offseason talk next next week. We don't want to get too, too much into it. Uh, I mean, you know, I think you guys know a lot of the things we've been covering. We, we can hit the big offseason storylines, uh, just broad brush here. Um but in terms of and and I in terms of the coaching change stuff, I mean at this point Brian Dable it would be a I think it would be a, a stunner if if he was let go. But that said, there'll be the typical uh, hot seat prelude to a hot seat coach thing where there are fairly significant staff changes. I'd be surprised if Wink Martindale's back. I mean Brian Dable could technically lose all th- as in like fire or part ways with mutual parting whatever. All three of his coordinators. It's entirely possible. So. That's sort of how this this typically goes, and and so we'll see how things shake out from there. Um, but this is we were talking before we got on about uh, one kind of big picture thing that ties these two franchises together is just so much change that's occurred. If you look back at okay, the last time both these teams had consistent stability, you're talking about the Tom Coughlin, Jerry Reese Giants. You're talking about the Rex Ryan, Mike Tannenbaum Jets, and uh, of course. Since those eras, the Jets have had three coaches, three head coaches, Todd Bowles, Adam Gase, and now Robert Sala, and three GMs, John Idzik, who who overlapped with Rex Ryan, and um, and uh, uh, Mike McCagnan, and now Joe Douglas. And of course, the Giants, four coaches, Ben McAdoo, Pat Shermer, uh, Joe Judge, and now Brian Dable, and two GMs, and Dave Gettleman, and Joe Shane. So <laughs> a lot of change. A ton of change. I mean, this is the first. Uh, Andy and I were we checked this before we came on. This is the first off season since after the 2013 season where there has not been a coaching change for either team. And we'll, right, so like in 20 or, or a team in the playoffs, yeah. But I think coaching change. But to, oh no, maybe there's one. So let's yeah. Go 26, 2016, the Giants made the playoffs. And there was a coaching change or no coaching change, and then last year, same thing. But right. but there's been one of those two things, either either year, like every well, let's year. Let's just set aside the yeah. playoffs. But okay, so last year there was no coaching change. Of course, I stumbled on that one. Yeah, last 2016 year, as well, 2016 and uh, 2013. So now we have two yeah. consecutive off seasons of no coaching change, which is quite the change because after 2014, the Jets fired uh, Rex Ryan. After 2015, Coughlin was gone. After 20. 16, as we mentioned, no coaching change there. After 2017, Ben McAdoo, gone. After 2018, right, Todd Bowles, gone. After 2019, Pat Shermer, Giants let him go. After 2020, Adam Gase, gone. After 2021, Joe Judge, out. And so there you have it. That's how it's all unfolded. 2013, 2016, 2022, and 2023, the recent years with no coaching change for either team. And of course, you know, 2012 and 2011 before that, when, you know, when we, when, as we mentioned, those coach and GM combinations had some stability. Um, 
and and even shoot even after 2016 there was no of course gm change for either team either no gm change after last year and uh no gm change after 2013 because tannenbaum was gone after 2012 so anyway but that's a long way of saying that just i i will say even though there is a quote unquote that gives you the impression of stability right well both of these coaches are very much on the hot seat at, after like super underwhelming years in 2023. Yeah. I mean, doesn't mean just because the toaster hasn't been used doesn't mean it's not warm. So not, it's not odd. So, well, yeah, I had to get in the toaster reference there because no coaches have gone to the toaster, which is unusual here, but yeah, I mean, I think obviously Robert Sala, I mean, when you see the way they played in Cleveland, and if they get humiliated by Bill Pelichick, I know Woody is, you know, said publicly he's going to keep them. But I, you know, I, I think still anything is mildly possible there. I, I still don't think so. But you can't. You remember a few years ago, Joe Judge was report, very strongly reportedly saying, "I can't remember if the Giants actually came out and said it. I don't think they did." Uh, but you know, you know, things can change on that front. But yeah, there, there's going to be a a burden for, for both these teams next year to get it done. And, you know, the jets don't really do in season firings, but uh, it's hard to see how next year, if, if it's not underwhelming, how they don't try to salvage it by doing something. So I do think, yeah, I I do think, you know, that puts Robert Sala in this kind of weird, you know, phase, this, this different kind of, We've already seen him scrambling. We've already seen him not happy with the questions about his future and about, you know, his level of anger, whatever, um, or or a lack of level of anger. And and I think it's going to be very, very on tilt at the beginning of next year if he's back, which I expect him to be, um, and trying to to make the narrative seem like this is a team that's making progress or this is a team that if it's not having success, uh, you know, coming up with reasons or excuses for that. So. It's going to be interesting to see how how that kind of works because it hasn't been, you know, a, a a pleasant or smooth experience for him this year, especially as you know the losing has has piled up, and you've got a fan base that has the frustration from you know more than a decade of being without the playoffs and being the longest you know team in the country, major professional sports team to be dealing with this. You know, there's not any excuses that are going to work, so. Uh, even if they are valid, and I don't think this year they were as valid as the Jets wanted them to be in terms of for why they weren't a competitive team. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that all plays out. But as anybody who lives around here knows, uh, fan patience is not exactly you know a well-stocked reserve right now. Yeah, and, and you can't hard to blame Jet fans and, and of course Giants fans too, who got teased last year with last year you know the playoff win. Uh, but with as far as Salaga, I mean, their defense got spanked by Joe Flacco the other night. His defense uh, and the way he handled himself after the game, just the guy does not have seem to. I mean, Dable ultimately results won't matter, right? No matter if you're grumpy and don't say exactly. much, or if you're verbose and uh, verbose and emotional, whatever. I mean, you just win. It's what matters. But uh, these two coaches are a little bit of a contrast in public styles, but very similar in that they've both lost a lot this year and both lost. Um, well, we'll get to what Dable's done since the mid midish point of last year, but uh, you wonder how Salah. What do you what you make of how he handled Thursday night and just uh, his seemingly consistent lack of composure? 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird. You don't usually see him get angry at questions. It's usually kind of like a lashing out or he says something that maybe he's not supposed to say. But that was a rare, that was kind of a first where he really didn't like the question and really, you know, wasn't able to conceal it. And then it made him look kind of silly. Um, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, on the term and on the scale of coach meltdowns, this doesn't even really register. He just like basically stared down a reporter and said, do you want me to, what do you, basically the question was, are you angry? Cause it doesn't seem like you're angry. There's, can you just give us an indication of what's bubbling below the surface? And then he, I don't know about that question. This is how he responded. Then he stared at the reporter for like two seconds and says, what do you want me to do? Flip over the podium. Now, now that probably wouldn't have been a great time to correct that it's a lectern, not a podium, but the, the shot, the thought <laughs> did go through my mind. Um, and then, you know, ba- when he said that the reporter says, um, you can do whatever you want for a second. I was like, Hey, maybe, maybe we'll get a table flip. And then Sal looked away, you know, to the wall for the last three seconds, a PR person wrapped it up and he stormed out of the room. And I, I I'm not a hundred percent sure. I was a hundred percent sure at the moment that Salah Salah voiced his displeasure with the question by muttering under his breath that it was a crap question. Other people in the room thought it was the PR guy. Either way, um, he was pissed. The PR guy was pissed. It well, wasn't a, a happy it's a fair question. I mean, our yeah, job—it's a fair question. Yeah, it is a fair question. People need to understand. Fans are wondering. This, these are artificial settings that these coaches are in up there, and it's prepared, rehearsed, and it's. You know, what our job is, is to to get honesty and a, emotional and factual honesty out of people. Right. And so how are you really feeling is is a totally valid, valid question um, because, it you know, they had just gotten spanked in a way that you had not expected. Right. Their defense looked terrible against Joe Flacco. Right. And yep. it wasn't just that they lost a low scoring game where their offense did nothing again. That would have been pretty standard. I mean, there there was plenty of reasons for. Robert Salah to be very angry, which he clearly was. He just was trying to mask it and be supportive of his team, all that usual stuff. But, um, you know, he's a grown man. No one's forcing him to respond in any way. Uh, these guys are essentially in a lot of ways like politicians. And then, yeah. and, and some of them handle themselves in different ways in terms of concealing their true emotions. But uh, yeah, no, it's a totally f- fair question. I mean, because fans are angry, Absolutely. right? So yeah, this like, has been weak. I mean, that question's been weeks in the making, and for them to be surprised by it is, I mean, how? I mean, fans have been complaining on social media about like how much he's smiling, how stoic he is, all of that. So it's not like this wasn't. You know, this was a question that could have been asked now for weeks after every loss. Um, you know, so that that part of it wasn't. Well, you know, surprising. And I think like almost like he wants credit for finally taking that was the first press conference, by the way, where he's kind of taken not kind of where he took full responsibility and said, it's on me to fix it like five times. Whereas two weeks ago in Miami, it was on the offensive line and you can't do anything. And it was it was not a good look. So, like, I don't know, like, it's fine. that Good. Finally, you took full accountability, but it's not as powerful four days after the owner says you're coming back next year. Yep. Exactly. Doesn't really mean anything. So I think it's like a whole combination of things where like feels he's not getting a fair shake. But I can tell you this guy is getting a fair shake in terms of the questions that we ask. If anything, it could be worse, a lot worse than it is, because we're not masochists who want to keep asking the same freaking question over and over again. But it could be asked every time. Like, 
Why? What have you done to show that you've gotten better? Well, that's a question. I, to the best of my knowledge, and I haven't been been around the Giants this year, but is here's a more pointed question that probably would have rankled them a little more. Why do you deserve to continue to co- coach this team? Why should you continue to be the coach? The, the owner just exactly. came out and said that he believes in you, but like, explain to people why, given your record, uh, especially late in the season, why you deserve to continue to coach this team because the record and um, you know, I'm looking it up uh, right now and I'll, I'll top my head. I, I don't know his career record, obviously this year, uh, six, uh, 17 and, and 33. Yeah, he went 30. four and 13, seven and 10 and six and 10. And last year, of course, the, the meltdown, you know, we, we've, we've been through that. We mentioned it, you know, what they've done, what they've done since last year. Right. So they opened uh, six and uh, three. And they close one six and four last year, yeah, or six, oh, six and six and three, six and seven and four. My bad, yeah, seven and four, seven last and year. four. Okay, so do it that like that. Okay, um, five and two, then seven and four, right? So, they, and they, since then they went, they went zero oh and six. So since, so he is six and sixteen since starting seven and four, yeah, six and sixteen. I mean, that is awful, and mm-hmm. we're gonna get to. We're going to get to how that mirrors Dable in, in just a second. But, uh, yeah, like, why do you – this is your third year. Now, I mean, anyone could look at it and say, like, well, the owner is probably saying, well, obviously he's hasn't gotten a shower there in Rodgers, right? I mean, I but it would be interesting to see – to hear Salah just say that. Like, well, I haven't gotten a shot to coach the quarterback we want to – okay, fine. That's an explanation. But he, as far as I know, is not <laughs> that point in question. So if they want to get upset about something that he has – he has control over how he answers these things. I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, he's taken close to those questions. Like last week he was asked what makes him confident. He can turn the jets around and basically goes off and says something like I'm the right coach. I can sit here and give you reasons why I'm the right coach, but you know, I am the right coach and we're going to win a championship. And then he was asked, well, what are some of those reasons? And he says, we could talk about that in the off season. (laughs) And then the reporter who asked that said, well, we could, we got time now. And then, of course, that was the end of the press conference. So that's great. Um, oh, good. Yeah. Good that was again after the win, the same day where it was, he was, you know, told that he was going to, uh, you know, where the public was told that he was going to be staying. So that was after the, the win okay. over the commanders. Yeah. So it's not like, but anyway, the point is he's not getting, it's not this hostile, like, it's not pleasant, but it's not like the questioning has been unfair. Like you just said, They've been terrible. I mean, you can't con- consider yourself to be a contender, then get your ass kicked by all these teams that have also, you know, suffered terrible injuries. And oh, why? By the way, the team that just suffered as many terrible injuries as you just beat you terribly, and still is alive for the number one seed in your conference. So, yeah, and with Joe, yeah, with a guy who a, you, yeah. with who you, guy who you did not want to sign, a quarter guy who was in your building, last. exactly for for three years, for the last three years. Yeah, and and, and, and nothing out of him like what he just did to you. Also, at any point, yeah, everyone thought he was washed up, and and clearly, uh, Kevin Stefanski and the Browns have proven otherwise with Joe Flacco. Uh, as far as the Giants go, and we'll get back to the Jets and forward-looking stuff in a minute. The current state of the Giants is this: I mean, they find ways to lose games instead of win games. Yes, they've had a, a lot of blowout losses this year, seven of them. Then the Eagles game kind of falls in that middle ground. But then three games where they just completely botched the Jet game, the Bills game, and then the Rams game. Um, 
for various reasons of just awful unforced errors, poor uh, coaching decisions like running the ball the other day on second down uh, instead of trying to push the ball a little bit farther down the field when you had a kicker with a with a weakened leg, an aging kicker and Mason Crosby, and that winds up being the difference. Of course, yes, you know, flawed quarterback play plays into all of this too, uh, certainly for both teams. And and it was on display there with Tyrod Taylor short arming that uh, two point conversion attempt to Saquon Barkley. But again, I think that these things only matter in, in the game was meaningless. So the thing, these things only matter in in the sense of what do they show us about not Tyrod Taylor? Okay, great. He's not going to be with a team. Probably not going to be with the team next year. What do they show us about Brian Dable, the guy who will be back? Can we count? Can Giant fans count on him? Can you depend on him? I mean, he started seven and two last year as a rookie head coach in regular season games since then when he's played as starters. So setting aside week 18 last year, he is now seven, 15 and one. That is horrendous. So uh, obviously the competition was stepped up this year. He's going to get plenty of goodwill and it's pretty much exhausted now right off of what he did last year when winning that wild card playoff game against a fading Vikings team in Minnesota but hey give him credit for it give the Giants credit for that they shocked everybody with how successful they were last year yeah did they get lucky yes they won a lot of close games but they found ways to win games and now they're finding ways this season to lose games um the the resilience of last year and and again yes they've been blown out in seven games we get that they're not a legit contender they got smashed by every legit contender they played this year and also smashed by the saints who are not a top of the league team smashed by seattle is same same boat middling can smash by the niners and the cowboys and the dolphins uh so yeah um there's a lot of concerns here about how brian dable uh how he projects going forward uh what what brian dable are you going to get um, the NFL's darling from last year or the guy who's kind of looked like a dud at times this year, especially given that, you know, say Wink Martindale's gone. Who's what defensive wizard? And, and remember, Dable's an offensive minded coach is going to come want to come work for Dable, who will be on the hot seat probably next year. Uh, and there could be the new quarterback caveat to that. But, um, and who also has kind of got this reputation now of guy being a guy who can be difficult to work for. Uh, Who's lining up to take that job, right? I mean, and Dable needs a strong defensive coordinator because of his his background in offense. And so as far as the offense goes, will he take over play calling? There's a lot of questions that that linger here. Going into year three um, for a coach who, you know, the the bloom has come off the rose or whatever. The, the saying is the shine has kind of come off of him uh, a little bit here, uh, a lot bit, right? And so the Giants now nine losing seasons in 11 years out of the playoffs for the 10th time in 12 seasons. We we knew this. This was all locked up when they when they lost to the when they lost to the Saints for crying out loud. The the losing season thing was and uh essentially the playoff thing was as as far as if you look at what the Giants have done since 2017 or since 2016, right? So, so starting with the 2017 season. They have won about th- about 32% of their games. That would, this was entering Sunday. So now the number dipped slightly, right? If you could compare that to like the 1964, 1980 era for the Giants, when they were in you know, the 70s, was everyone's talked about how brutal it was. Now they missed the playoffs from 64 to 80, different playoff format, whatever. They won 35% of their games during those 17 seasons. So longtime Giants fans, you can see why even with these two playoff appearances in 16 and last year and the playoff win last year, that uh, this feels so familiar. You know, this feels like that. You know, this feels like... 
those miserable years. So um, obviously uh, the future and their decisions here with what Joe Shane does, especially quarterback will play a significant role in where this team goes going forward. So uh, we'll pivot here to, to a little bit of future talk. We'll get into it more next week. Um, so let's break down like the draft real quick, where things are. Obviously the bears are at one. They're locked in because the Panthers are two and 14 and their owners throwing drinks on people in Jacksonville. <laughs> um, what a joke. And so, Hey, that guy makes Woody Johnson look like a stable owner. Yeah. I mean, what a clown. Uh, and I'm referring to Tepper specifically, but uh, the, yes. <laughs> I know people have, and for sometimes good reason said that about Woody Johnson, but in this case, Tepper, um, the bears, I wonder, did, will they draft a quarterback? Or will they decide to stick with Justin Fields, who they traded up for in 2021 in that deal with the Giants? To me, that's a really fascinating one, right? Because they've played a little bit better lately. Uh, will they give Fields a fourth year? What I mean, how do you? Because that, that could really tip the draft. They could wind up trading out of that pick, right? Yeah, it feels like feels like no, no. What they won't keep like? Him. They won't. They won't. They're going to pick a quarterback. It feels yeah. like. It just feels like they – I don't know. They, the way that they've deployed feels has not – it hasn't felt like it's been confidently, right? Like they haven't taken advantage. I know it's in, in part to keep him healthy, but they haven't been taking advantage of his great strengths. So, I mean, I guess it's possible. But the fact that they won't let him run, and that's his strength, like tells me that they don't trust him to stay healthy. Yeah. And And – they don't see his style as like his best style as a quarterback is one that is conducive to them winning. So my guess would be they move on. Um, I still think fields can be, you know, pretty good given what we've seen. And when you look at his numbers too, and start comparing them to like, you know, somebody who was picked around the same time as him and Zach Wilson. I mean, he's thrown a lot more touchdowns. So, Oh yeah. At least like there is, yeah, yes, there's the mistakes, yes, there's the injury concerns, but there's also like a lot of high-level production, not just in the running game, but in the passing game too. So I think it's it's not a slam dunk, and, and they could be wrong to do it, but I think my gut is that they'll move on. And if you, and if you don't take a quarterback at one, you trade out, right? I mean, that, that's... Yeah, that, yeah. And so the the thing with, you know... Wilson, Wilson was traded, was drafted in 2021, same with Fields, right? So... The Jets pulled the plug on Zach Wilson after um, two years and Fields now that has gotten three years. And it pays generally to be bold a quarterback, right? If you have an opportunity to get a franchise quarterback, you generally take it. And so we all know that Caleb Williams and Drake May are considered the top two guys. And there are guys certainly in the mix after that. Michael Penix, who's playing in the national championship game, um, Bo Nix. Uh, but those are the top two guys. And so if you, you know, if you look at, let's just assume the Bears do take Caleb Williams at one. Washington currently sitting at two um, and they have a really small strength of schedule advantage over new England. Um, Washington has lost seven in a row. It's so it's really hard to imagine they're going to beat the Cowboys on Sunday at four twenty-five, which is when giants Eagles begins, by the way, um, especially because the Cowboys, if they win, they win the division. So let's assume Washington loses that game and, and hangs on to the number two pick. Um, there is some variables here because if the Jets find a way to beat New England, uh, I wonder if the strength of schedule could tip to the point of New England getting the second pick. But I think no matter how you slice it, 
I don't see Washington or New England at number two passing on Drake May or if say May goes one passing on Caleb Williams, right? So um that's the scenario where it's I think it's really unlikely, even though it's mathematically possible that the Giants are I I it's hard to imagine them sneaking into the second pick. They need so much to go their way. Um and which would mean Caleb Williams and Drake May almost like very likely gone. Um, as far I as see the- them being gone anyway, after two, like even if the bears, let's say the bears trade down to try to get one of the lesser quarterbacks, like well, your nine, like whoever's trading up is taking a quarterback. So sure. The, the yeah. question just becomes what, you know, the only question would just be, would, uh, could the giants get to two and technically they can, but it would take a, it would take a lot, including the most, the biggest mountain that has to move is Washington, just stunning Dallas. I don't think it's, ha- it's not going to happen. The Washington's lost seven in a row. They're going to the coach is going to get fired. As far as the Patriots at three, um, and this is where it becomes really interesting. Let's say Washington loses and the Patriots stay at three and, and the Patriots lose to the Jets. That puts them within a striking distance of one, right? Of trading up above Washington, uh, mm-hmm. getting a quarterback there. Um, and that, that quarterback could haunt the Jets for years to come. We know. I mean, who knows how this is going to play out, right? Um, but there's a lot hovering over this jet Patriot game, which by the way, is at one o'clock. So the giants will know if the Patriots lose, then that locks the giants out of the number two pick. Right. So, um, but this jet Patriot game is just between the draft, Bill Belichick, likely being gone, this being his last game in new England with the Patriots and in new England. Um, and the fact that the jets have you know, not won there in forever, it's it's a really fascinating game, right? As you mentioned before we got on. Yeah, in a way, it's like a must-win for Salah and these young – like, they're going to deny that, but it's like any other game. But, like, they – the most stunned – out of all the bad losses I've seen, and I want to, like, kind of clarify because it's, it is a new – the Jets have done a good job of kind of building a new team, new culture, whatever you want to call it, over the last two years. So I'll just limit it to those. But the lot, the three losses since you know the arrival of Sauce Gardner, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, the three losses where you've seen just like stunned disbelief in the locker room and guys just like not really being able to process it have all been to the Patriots because the Jets are better than the Patriots. I mean, they're just a better team. They're a more talented team. They have been, and they've lost all three of these games, and it hasn't like. There's no reason they should have lost any of those games, and they've lost all three of them. So I think like this, this is really important to like the psyche of the team to win this game. But also, yeah, if they win it, it's probably going to hurt them long term. No matter what happens with Belichick, like you can argue like whatever whatever happens, you could argue like he's going to want to win, stick it to the Jets one last time, or he doesn't care because he knows they'll be sticking it to the Jets if they lose anyway. I, I, it's hard for me to see Belichick like letting the Jets win. So I'll just say that no matter what's at stake, and especially if he's not going to be there next year. Um, right. But right. Just, he's, but he's trying to win. Like, all yeah, of it's in- to win. yeah. All of it's interesting. But I mean, it just seems like whatever happens will be bad for the Jets. And I'm not even trying to be like negative or funny. It's just how can you awesome. feel like, how can you, if they win, it's going to hurt the, their draft positions significantly. Right. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I know a lot of fans get upset because whatever, but when you see like 
it's not like the Jets have made the most out of their draft picks anyway, for the most part. So I think the, the, the one that's in the bigger yeah. potential issue is that it would push the Jets winning would push them down, but more more notably push the Patriots up into the Drake May Caleb Williams territory. And again, we're again the Zach Wilson thing is the biggest lesson in all this. We don't know if these guys are going to be good. Okay, yes. let's acknowledge that. Um, it, it, hovering over all this, as you mentioned, not just the Robert Sala losses to New England, but the Jets have lost 15 straight overall to the Patriots. Yep. Since the can't wait game, which was uh, 13 years ago, actually years ago in, in the middle of January of 2011, uh, the Jets are two and 29 against the Patriots and they have lost all other games in New England, which is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Shannon Been on the beach since 2016. I've not seen them win there or in, in Miami, which is incredible. Or I'm not yeah. seeing them beat the Patriots at all. I'm not seeing them win in Miami or New England. Yeah, that's right. Since you've been covering the team. So obviously you're the problem. Uh, yeah. Not the Jets. I think uh, it's Connor, but yeah. Yeah, of course, as usual. Easy to blame that. Uh, that Jim Connor. So one, two, three. Yeah, 12, right? Five, eight, yeah, 12 games. 0-12 oh, oh in New England since the can't wait game. 15 straight losses overall and 2-29 and overall against the Patriots. Since, since the can't wait game and can't wait has become um, – you know, just the curse over this Jet team. Um, so Tom Brady doesn't play for the Patriots anymore. You might, you I might heard also... that, and it hasn't yeah. for a couple of years now. And and they've had some pretty inept quarterback play with him gone, and the Jets still have not been able to to get over the hump against Belichick. Uh, and so that's where the Patriots are at three. The Cardinals are at four, and they do play at four twenty-five against Seattle. I guess Arizona could win that game because they just shocked the Eagles. So that would help the Giants, certainly. So there's two of those three ahead of the Giants. I mean, the Giants could wind up at three. I don't think they're going to wind up at two. I think they could definitely wind up at three. I don't I don't think the Giants will beat the Eagles. Um, but I suppose you never know. Um, so I think the Giants could be looking at winding up anywhere from three, four, or five. Um, probably not two. Um, but if you're draft watching – then all the games are at 425 in question. The Washington game, the Arizona game, and the Giant game, of course. And then the, the Pat, Pats, uh, Pats, Jets at one. Uh, and then if, then right behind the Giants are the Chargers and Titans at five and 11. And the Giants have a strength of schedule tiebreaker over those teams pretty decisively. So I don't think the Giants, the, I, at this point, it doesn't look like the Giants can fall any lower than five. Um based on how that strength of schedule looks. And if you go on Tankathon, which is the site I'm using for this, they use the strength of schedule for all 17 games. So they're they're factoring in the Eagles there. So that that's only going to change by a minuscule amount at this point in the yeah, season. Like a projection. Yes, and the Jets, uh, right. So they, they take the Eagles' current record. Um, and But, you know, if the Giants lose the game, Against the Eagles, that will make the Giants' strength of schedule stronger, if that makes any sense, because the Eagles will have yeah. another win. But it's it's one game out of a lot of games. So you're, the percentages can only change but so much at this point in the year. The Jets at eight, uh, number eight right now at six and ten. But as you mentioned about the draft position stuff, they have four teams behind them at seven and nine. Atlanta, Chicago, Las Vegas, and Minnesota. So unless I'm dumbly doing this, it looks like the Jets can't get any lower than 12, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. But but that, that could be a big fall from four to from eight to, to twelve or eight to eleven. I think. Yeah, so. I mean, and and how high can they go? Um, 
I think the Jets could technically get to to uh, five. So yeah, that's where you know people will just look at the one win. I mean, who's winning the yeah. one win? Uh, yeah. Because the thing to remember here is the Jets actually have the strength of schedule. The Jets' strength of schedule right now is five oh seven. The Giants is five eleven. Those are the two best, let's say, worst strength of schedules of all the teams in the top eight. And all the teams in the top eight are the teams with six wins or fewer. Um, now the thing to remember: look at the teams behind the Jets, though. Atlanta, Chicago, and Vegas. And I don't. I'm not going to get into like reading off all the numbers, but their strength of schedule is all three of them are worse than the Jets. Um, and Minnesota is the same as the Jets' strength of schedule. And just to be clear, it's whoever has the worst strength of schedule gets the higher pick, right? So whoever stunk, two teams stunk the same, the team who stunk against the worst schedule is higher. Uh, and that's the first tiebreaker, not head-to-head. It's 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 that. Uh, the head-to-head only comes in if the strength of schedule is the same. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the Jets aren't drafting a quarterback, but they, they have plenty of roster holes. Yeah, I mean, it would be – they could – they would like to be as high as possible just because we give them leverage to maybe you know, pick a receiver or an offensive lineman. That's what it's going to be. I mean, it's going to be whatever the best available receiver or offensive lineman is what they're going to do. And whoever's well, They're not the getting Marvin Harrison. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, if he somehow would fall – they could somehow get up to, you know, five and – or, yeah, I guess that's the highest they could get. If they could somehow get up to five and and he's still there, I mean, it's a no-brainer, but I don't think that's yeah. going to happen. So No, no. I think those – Especially be given how well young receivers have performed lately. For sure. Um, and there there are some really good ones other than him. Malik Neighbors from LSU being a really good uh, receiver. Rome uh, Adunze from Washington who will play in the championship game. PFF has him 10th on its, on its big board, Neighbors 5th. The tackles to watch, of course, are uh, the kid from Penn State. I can, I'll just won't even attempt the first name, but Fashanu, uh, he's the fourth overall pick. Um, you attempted, yeah. Or no, you didn't. Joe Alt, there's an easier name, Joe Alt uh, from Notre Dame yeah. at seven. Yeah. I know, you know, I know who he is, obviously. And so um, there is a gentleman, and I, I'm just going down this big board, and I had not seen this name before. And I, I'm going to be honest, I hadn't watched a lot of college football this year. Are you familiar with the work of a one Kool Aid McKinstry? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not either. I'm not. <laughs> I'm kidding you. He's yeah. he's a cornerback from Bama, and he's the twelfth player on the on the on the board. Um, I, I mean, I I don't think either team will be in the mix for him, but that would be uh, absolutely amazing. His his real name is uh, Jaquincy, uh, which is also a cool name. So, um, yeah. yeah, we we. we so the, the Joe Alt, J.C. Latham is another tackle to watch, but Alt is a really intriguing one. Obviously, as far as quarterbacks go, um, the question then becomes for the Giants, if Williams and May are gone, do they pick Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, Michael Penix? Those would be the guys, probably. Um, I know people will see what what people think about J.J. McCarthy. He's playing in the championship game. If a really impressive performance there would – really help his stock, but, but Daniels, Nick's panics um, would probably be um, the guys after um, Williams and may, but then the question becomes if you're fifth, if you're the giants and you're fifth, are you, are you taking that quarterback there? Or do you think it's a reach and you take a receiver there and try to get a quarterback in round two or use your extra second round pick to trade up into the bottom of round one, all these things come into play because 
at this point, you know, with the Giants being bad, they're 39th in round two. So they're not far outside of round one with that extra pick. Um, and they do have the 46 pick as well from Seattle, which has really hit the skids. Um, so that 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 trade for Leonard Williams, by the way, has has turned out fantastic because Seattle's eight and eight right now. And that trade was made, um, I guess, right. Halloween, right. The, the Seattle, Seattle was five and two coming out of the October 29th game, which was right before the trade deadline. And since then, they are three and six. The Seahawks are three and six. So uh, that has unfolded nicely for the Giants in terms of the set second round pick shooting up the the, the board, uh, even though right Seattle's still in, in playoff contention technically. So that's what could really sink the pick is if if the Seahawks make the playoffs, then they get pushed all the way down to that bottom group, right? Yep. Um, that that's that's the thing to remember for people when you're looking at the draft um right now like say for example like pittsburgh is 18th because they're out of the playoffs technically right now at nine and seven uh but green bay and tampa are, are behind them at eight and eight because they're in they would technically be in the playoffs so that's uh that's something to yep. remember when you look at how the draft order shakes out um especially with that seattle pick but yeah, so but first, of course, we got game Sunday. Um, so, what are your thoughts well, on that? Yeah, well, just real quick, and that's the other thing for the yeah, Jets. You mentioned the Giants having the pick early in the, the the two picks in the second round, including one, you know, at least looking like both somewhere the early forties at worst. The Jets don't have a second pick, a second round pick, because it's going to Green Bay. So, I, I guess the good thing is if you win, you're giving up a less great pick to Green Bay, but also. You know, you're not going to have another pick after your first round pick to fill one of those needs until the third round. And right now, the way it stands is eight and seventy-two for the Jets. So, yep. um, the the lists of things they have to get done are not easy, and it's certainly much more difficult to get them done um, if you're picking at twelve and then you know seventy-five or whatever. So, yeah, it's going to be a challenging offseason for. Or a team and, and a GM that hasn't really rose to the challenge in terms of finding the the players they need. If you look at obviously the roster and you look at the results on the field over the last six years, yeah, very thin margin for error. The Jets do have an extra fourth round pick, and it's one fifteen right now. That one from Denver. I'm trying to rack my brain for why they got that pick. Was it a move last year or something like that? Um, yeah, I'll remember it. So they, the Jets currently have four in the top 115, but two in the top 72. And they, if you consider the rounds one through three, the premium rounds, they only have two picks in the premium rounds, whereas the Giants uh, have four, five, 39, 46, and 70, and then 105 in the four, at the top of the fourth round. So certainly the Giants are in better position. Tankathon does a really cool thing, uh, the draft power rankings. They don't always correspond to where a team is in the in the draft. Like Arizona, for instance, has been stockpiling picks. Of course, they have by far the most powerful haul of, of, of the draft. Considering you know they've stunk, but also they have a lot of picks. Um, the Giants are currently fifth. Uh, the Packers actually fourth in these in 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 the power rankings, draft power rankings. Just the total accumulation of the power of all your picks. Right. So the Giants five, that kind of tracks. Right. And you think, OK, Arizona, that tracks that they'd be high considering all the moves they've made. 
where are the Jets in these? Well, the Jets are eighth overall, but they're 21st in, in the draft asset power rankings. And that just speaks to, um, you know, getting rid of how how important it was to get rid of um, or how like impactful rather it was to get rid of that second round pick. They're all the way down to 21st. So that just speaks to the um, and highlights the, the, the fact that, like you said, the, the margin for error is very slim for, for Joe Douglas this offseason. Yeah, yeah, it, it is, and it's it's going to be interesting to see how they attack this because they're they're going to have to decide before the draft which way they're they're going to attack. That, that's just the way it works. They're going to have to decide if they are going to wait around and and try to fix their offensive line in the draft, or I mean, I'm guessing they'll try to fix their offensive line some in free agency, and then that'll give them the flexibility to add a big name receiver in the draft, but they have to kind of put themselves in a position to do both. So it's, it's definitely an interesting juggling act. And by the way, the, uh, the fourth round pick from Denver came from last year, a trade at the deadline when they sent Jacob Martin. Oh, wow. An edge rusher to Denver. Who The Jets had signed him as a free agent before last season. He didn't really do anything. Uh, his brother actually played for the Jets back in the day. You might remember him. I, I can't remember his first name, but the guy from Columbia um, who had yeah. the concussions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, interesting that they were able to get that for him. And um, and the other thing to remember, of course, is Devontae Adams hovering over all this. Could the Jets trade yeah. away more draft assets? And I think you'd be looking potentially at moving a future asset, not something in 2024. Uh, but let's see if, you know, would the, would the Raiders be amenable to that? Um, that, but that Devonte Adams talk is going to be reheated, uh, um, heating up again this off season, of course, um, because everyone knows he has ties to Aaron Rodgers and the Jets need help at receiver because they can't just have Garrett Wilson be their only competent receiver that hasn't worked out great for them. So, um, how will they address it? You know, typically free agency is not a great way to address the offensive line. So maybe you go Devonte Adams trade and then address the line in the draft. Then again, a very good draft, as we mentioned for receiver, even, even outside of Marvin Harrison um, with Adunze, the kid from um, Washington um, and uh, Malik neighbors from LSU being the two uh top guys in addition to Marvin Harrison. So as far as these games this weekend, uh, how do you see, how do you see things going up in new England? I can't, I can't pick. I just can't let myself pick the jets against Belichick at this point. Can't I've already, I've already done it. Like for most of the last three years being like, at some point they've got to win since Brady left. Clearly that's not the case, but that doesn't necessarily have to happen. So I'm going to go Patriots 11 jets 10. <laughs> I love it. Eleven to ten. Would that be a scoregami, by the way? I would 11. doubt it because it's pretty uh, easy to get to eleven. Eight, a two point conversion and a and a field goal, right? So let me let me see here. Pro football reference, if you ever are, are curious, does a scoregami uh eleven to ten would not be, but eleven to nine would be. Wow. Or an eleven eleven tie. Yeah, I, I mean, I would take all three, but I'll pick an, I'm going to go. Pick a score, I'm going to pick a scoregami, eleven and nine. I'm going to go with the Patriots. Okay. Yep, I'm going to so say it's going to be a stupid game. Like, there's going to be some stupid, three field goals for the Jets. Stupid. The Pats are going to have uh, a touchdown at some point, and for whatever reason, they're going to go for two, and then they're going to kick the game-winning field goal at the end to win eleven and nine. Scoregami, 
history in Belichick's final game. Um, and we'll see where he winds up because the Chargers need a coach. Uh, is Jim Harbaugh going to be in the mix for that? Maybe. I mean, who else? Who else needs a coach? I mean, from the over, the, I think the Raiders wind up hiring Antonio Pierce. Wouldn't wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, at this point, he's clearly done a lot. And when you look at how poorly it worked out for them last time, when their interim looked good, and they just, you know, moved moved aside and and brought in McDaniel's. Uh, I think all of that combined it, it leads to Antonio Pierce sticking around. And Sean McDermott, I think, will probably be back in Buffalo. I mean, they're ten and six. Um, Got to win a playoff game, I think. But going yeah. down the list, could Mike Vrabel be out in Tennessee at five and eleven? Um, we mentioned the Raiders. We mentioned the Chargers. Uh, the Commanders will have an opening. I don't think Belichick's going there. Uh, what about the Eagles? They've been like, oh, man, what a hot mess they are right now. I think that's the like that has come out of nowhere. When you start looking at the way they've been kind of shifting things around and panicking and yep. they're not getting it fixed. Like, I think that's suddenly a possibility that is shocking, but also the way they don't mess around when then, when they're not getting the results they want. So exactly. Jeff Lurie is, uh, has been very decisive and Howie Roseman too. And, and Lurie would obviously have the final say, but they've, they're known for being bold, decisive when, for all things, all, all decisions they've made that have helped build them into a, um, you know, the team that won the NFC last last year. Uh, it looks like Chicago's coach Eberflus is back. The um, the rest of the NFC North is is n- no movement there. I wouldn't think. Uh, I don't see Kevin O'Connell getting fired in Minnesota. Todd yep. could be done. Todd and Tampa could be out. Uh, right. He could be, but he's been. I mean, if, like I I haven't looked at the uh, the playoff situation there. Are they are they out. The no, they are still in it for their division, even. Um, yeah, I think, I think just because of that and how little this team has been expected to do. That's fair. This, this is Brady's yeah. second year, right? Like they, they, gone? Yeah. Um, uh, what? So yes, yeah. He he was he was not uh, he was not around he, last year. Either. No, he yeah. was he was he played in twenty twenty two. Yes. Oh, he did. Okay, so his first year being gone. Yeah, I think the fact that he's kept them in it this long. Yeah, you're right. Cause, cause they made the playoffs last year and it was just kind of, they were hanging on by a thread, but yeah. but they will clinch. Uh, all they got to do is, is win the division. Um, yeah. So all I think all they have to do is win their game at Carolina to win the division. So, I mean, that yeah. would take an epic, uh, epic choke um, to, to, you know, it's, it's winning in, losing out, I think pretty much for them. Um, and so, okay, maybe Todd saves Dennis Allen in New Orleans. I mean, I don't think maybe, maybe not, but I, I think Belichick is an interesting one for the ch- – well, and Arthur Smith in Atlanta could be gone. We know Carolina's got a vacancy, even Belichick isn't going there. And um, as far as the rest of the – as far as the NFC West goes, Sean McVay said he's going to be back today. And uh, does Pete Carroll retire? I don't know, maybe. Um, but the Chargers one's interesting because they need a GM too. And would they give Belichick the reins there? Would they give Harbaugh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be, especially with Belichick. I feel like it's a risk because he has not drafted well lately. Yep, exactly. And it's almost like I, I could almost see him going to a more. You know, the Giants would have been in play, obviously, if Dable had 
that this year had been worse, but he, I almost see him going to a more stable situation where the GM is in place and he just worries about the coaching. But it could be, I don't know if he's open to doing that at the stage of his career too. There's yeah. a lot of questions. Turn seven I mean, two in April. And you can't even rule out the possibility of him returning to new England either. I think I, it's a huge loss. Yeah, I'm, with, I'm yeah. with you, but you never it's, know. I mean, and look, I mean, it feels like the, 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 the post Brady quarterback stuff in terms of drafting and developing quarterbacks just hasn't worked out. And they missed on Mac Jones big time. So uh, we'll see. Um, as far as the giant pick here, uh, man, you know, the Eagles are really, really scuffling. What was the I, – I meant to check this. Um, of course, the Eagles now 11-5. and five. They have lost three of their last four games, three in a row, Niners, Cowboys, Seahawks, the crushing loss to Seahawks, beat the head to scramble to hang on in the second half on Christmas and beat the Giants. They have not looked good – um, since really, well, they they polished off their fifth straight win by beating the Bills 37-34, and that game was on uh, November the 26th, so Thanksgiving weekend. They've, they've really just fallen off. As far as that Cardinal game, I'm going to just see if I could find the line for that game, whatever it was. The, the, the Cardinals pulled off a big-time upset there. Um, it was double-J. I think it was 10.5. 10.5, okay. Um, I think so. That's Vegas recognizing, of course, that the Eagles are just a mess right now. All the changes they've made have not paid off in terms of um, the Matt Patricia for Sean Desai coordinator change. And now the heat is really on Nick Sirianni, who was not long ago a darling. And the guy couldn't lose. Remember, we were talking about those stats about how they had been tied for the best record in the NFL for X number of weeks and how things have really changed in a month and a half. Yeah. Um, I don't think the Giants will win this game. They just don't have the talent level, of course, and they don't. And I know Tyrod Taylor played well in the second half in Philadelphia, but the the Eagles are desperate. They need to get right. I think they will. I don't think it'll be a pretty game. I think the Eagles have one and done in the playoffs written all over them and then potential changes that come with that. But um, the Giants are just not a team right now that can, with the current composition of where they're at, can really – Execute it at a uh, significant level. Um, so the, you just saw it against the Rams. I and mean, they just, you know, I understand that Tyra Taylor is a better option than Tommy DeVito. Of course he is. But um, yeah, they're, they're just not good enough right now. And they're not executing well enough right now to beat a team like the Eagles that is better and desperate. So I don't think it'll be a blowout, but I will say mm, Eagles uh, 28, Giants 17. Yeah, I've, I'm man. It's just hard to believe. Like the Eagles are, you know, one of the only teams. I think them, the Broncos, and maybe one other team, the '97, '98 Broncos, and maybe one other team that has started nine and one in consecutive seasons, and all of them have won a Super Bowl. And now, you know, it doesn't it sure doesn't look like the Eagles are winning a Super Bowl this year. No. Um, I mean that that loss to the Cardinals. If there was, I mean, already all the red flags have been waving. But my God, um, it's just proof that they they have they are not. It is not working right now. And I think it's probably a combination of things. But but mostly your your star is not quite playing at that level, and and there being more tape on Hurts and what he does, and and Kelsey maybe not being the same guy. But um, I think yeah, it's enough to beat the Giants. But it just seems like the book is out on them, you know, 
for the playoffs. So I, I think it'll be even closer. I'm going to go 24 to 19. Get the nines working this week. But yeah, 24 to 19 Eagles um, in a sloppy game. And yeah, I, I have a hard, it's just hard to see the Eagles like figuring it out at this point. When you lose a game like that to your, your, your ex defensive coordinator, especially a guy who you guys had, you know, basically they had, they had there had been some grumblings after the way the whole interview thing went down at the Super Bowl too, that you know they were kind of like better off without Gannon and yeah well maybe not so much and and then you lose to him so yeah it's a mess and it's really going to be interesting to see because they certainly have the talent to to recover but it's been a m- more than a month long tailspin and really it's been a team all year that hasn't been that hasn't really played well. Yeah, for sure. So uh, with that, we will uh, leave it and uh, be sure to like, rate, review, subscribe uh, on all your favorite podcasting platforms. And thanks, everybody, for listening. As always, NJ.com slash Giants, NJ.com slash Jets. Thank you for reading. Happy New Year. I hope everyone had a great holiday. Um, And we will be back. Let's see. So the games are Sunday. There'll be some, as we call it, baggy day, uh, the last day of locker room access with players on Monday. And I would think probably the GM's We'll talk Tuesday or Wednesday. We'll wait till both GMs talk. Um, and maybe you get some owner press conference stuff. I, I will be interested. We're expecting that from the Jets, but we'll see. Yeah, okay. So, and then maybe the Giants too. So, by perhaps we might wait until next Thursday or Friday to do another one of these uh, until after we've had some time to cover, write about, and digest everything that's said by the by the powers that be for each of these uh, organizations as they try to get things back on track, re, you know, rebuilding wise in 2024, after pretty promising 2022 seasons, um, the giants more so than the jets uh, really this year, just kind of a lost year for both of these franchises. And in some ways a step back and um, we'll see what 2024 brings, obviously an enormous off season for both of these teams. And we'll talk more about the off season coming up and we can kind of hammer down on some of these areas of need and what changes might be ahead um, for these rosters and these coaching staffs and these teams. And so at some point next week, we'll catch up with you guys probably, like I said, later in the week. And then from there, we'll, we'll be a little more sporadic with the scheduling of these throughout the off season. Um, and, and some of that will depend, I think on, on, on news. Like if there's significant news, we can jump on and do one, but uh, appreciate everyone listening. Thanks so much. Happy new year. And take care, everybody.